Dr. Sangira, thank you so much for coming on the show. Why did George Mason University decide that something like a data center engineering concentration program would be valuable? I, I'm curious how that conversation got started and... Um, you know, I'm looking forward for you to tell us more because it's a, I would say heck to the yeah, being in the data center industry, but can you help us understand how that came about and why this is a program that they're even considering? Yeah, thank you, Dave, first of all, for having me um, here with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting question, right? So uh, Northern Virginia is having 300 plus data centers. Uh, we are the 70% of data internet flow is happening right from here. Mm -hmm. um, so there is internally, there is demand for them to sustain some of the aging infrastructure. So we are just not talking about uh, plugging wires and so on, but we are talking about, you know, how to sustain what is the new technology that they can bring in their systems. Um, from university, uh, data center, it's not all about data center. There's just so much you can learn from working in a data center, right? Mm -hmm. So there is, uh, uh, you, you learn about sustainable energy, you learn about renewable energy, you learn about, you know, what to do with the energy uh, that is there and how to make it more efficient, how to manage power over there. So uh, there is just so much you can do. So we are just not thinking about data center as data center jobs only, mm -hmm. but taking a broader vision of, you know, what can you learn just having that infrastructure in front of you. So, uh, uh, you know, internal demand was there from data centers, you know, that they need infra engineers. Uh, external demand is coming from uh, faculty and students about, you know, what can we do when we have that infrastructure available and the data available to us? Uh, what can students learn that is for data center engineers plus everything else that is around that? I heard a statistic, I don't know if this is true, but roughly 60% of the data of the world moves through something like that through Northern Virginia. I heard 70%. World. 70%, there you go. Maybe even, I was being conservative. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah, yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, data center uh, concentration is something that we are uh, looking forward to. Uh, and uh, we know that it is going to begin. Uh, all the approvals, internal approvals are done. We are at the last stages of getting uh, final approvals and then having it in the catalog uh, for the fall 2024. Uh, mm. But uh, I think you, you you said about, you know, the demand, the, uh, the economics, the livelihood, right? right. Uh, it's so important because, uh, and, and we are taking it at a different level. So, Northern Virginia Community College, which is a local um, college here, two-year college here in Northern Virginia, um, they already have a program called Data Center Operations. Um, and so they have been doing very good in uh, working with students and giving them those skills that they can mm -hmm. go and take it to the um, data center uh, uh, operations kind of jobs. But for us, uh, we are working with mechanical engineering department and electrical and computer engineering department where they have a little bit more specialized skills that that are needed, right? So they're talking about, you know, how to make, uh, again, the energy efficient there, liquid cooling system, power grids, and so on. Uh, the infra kind of jobs is what they have been talking about. And uh, the nicest thing here is because the pipeline that 
uh, Northern Virginia Community College has generated, and these students are now working as data center operators, um, will get a chance to learn about project management skills. They're gonna get a chance to go to the next level in their in their jobs. And I think that's the cool part of the whole, whole equation here. I completely agree. I mean, you know, we, as an operator in this space, we, we, one of the things that my organization does is every few months we have a new employee orientation program and we're all over North America. We're in parts of Western Europe and every new employee comes through that program. It, they, they may not come through the next one when they're hired, but within a few months they come through that program. In the past, it was here is somebody, whatever their job is, engineer or otherwise, <clears throat> and they usually have some experience in our business. They don't just know what, how to move an electron or how to move a water molecule or um, build infrastructure, but they know sort of the big idea of what a data center is or what digital infrastructure is. Probably 60%, 70% of those coming into our business now don't know. There, it's sort of like being in the military. If you had been around weapons and organization in the past, now we're teaching you how to do that in a in a uniform and to do it in a you know in a um, in the, the way the military wants you to do it. As opposed to, I don't even know what a weapon is. Never even seen it. I'm just coming in. I don't know how these things work. So we have so many people coming into the industry because they're attracted to it, and we have to teach them a foundational um, truths that we might not have had to uh, teach their predecessors. When you're, when you're putting a program like this together, what sort of, like what's the, is there a criteria you use to, um, to select for certain students or is there a particular type of student that you look for? Yeah, that's all customer discovery, right? Uh, you wanted to make sure that we, uh, we know that there are signals coming from students as well, because uh -huh. uh, that is very important. And I think uh, what you were saying earlier is also related to exposure, right? So we wanted to have an exposure to students about, hey, there are, there are those, uh, you know, buildings that you see, you know, what's what's the purpose, what's happening there, and what kind of jobs are there uh, for, for, for these students. So exposure was very important. So what we did, actually, we, we started small. Uh, we actually uh, introduced students to data center engineering kinds of problems in their capstone courses, um, just to see, you know, whether there is even interest coming from students. Um, and so we had our first capstone in mechanical engineering, uh, which was quite well received. And then we had, uh, then this semester, we have uh, one in mechanical engineering and one in electrical engineering um, for, uh, for electrical engineering students. And that is also, you know, there are students who are working on it and they're excited about it. And we are seeing good results from, from those ones. Now, the next level was uh, introducing a data center course, um, data center engineering course is what we're calling it, mm -hmm. uh, which was introduced this semester to them as well. Mm -hmm. And now since there is interest and we are seeing a holistic view of, you know, what else could be done. That is the whole, uh, that was a whole, you know, exercise that we went through in order to even start thinking about, you know, let's now put our uh, concentration together. So uh, we did take a lot of steps to making sure that, and, and even educating faculty members because they don't know, you know, um, and then field trips are important. 
Um, and then there are some data centers that are decommissioned. Could those be used for students to go and experiment and, and learn a little bit more because the clearance is going to come and become an issue eventually, right? Because we cannot just take students for field trips to these uh, data centers. So there's a lot of, lot of the you know, administrative stuff that we wanted to think through. The students that you're running the capstone or the, the conversations with now, they're already in an engineering program. Is that the this initial discussion with that group of uh, students? Yeah, so capstones are usually introduced in the last two semesters. Okay. Um, so this, this is like literally graduating class of fall 2024 who might be doing it now and uh, spring semester. And that's where I think uh, we realize that students need to know it um, before, uh, you know, uh, before, you know, their last year with us, right? right. Uh, because there's so much that we can do with these facilities that are available, like, you know, of course, decommission one, and and there's just so much learning that could happen uh, because we can we can uh, we can use it as a lab environment for them to give them hands-on experience on so many activities. So um, that was the whole uh, purpose to you know start it early. So right now it is going to be from third year onwards, so third year and fourth year they will get it once they have the foundation from first and second year. Then it is all about how to apply it. Right. various labs or, or various scenarios which are in data center. Have you all experimented with um, maybe not an entire concentration program, but just maybe a class or small snippets of exposure to something, if not as formal as data centers, something related to digital infrastructure? Do you have any experience or have you, I'm sure you have some experience, but have they, have they tried some of that experimentally before? Yeah, so uh, in various uh, settings, yes, uh, in data center, we did start with reaching out to students and talking about, you know, giving them seminars. We started actually working with a couple of our uh, industry partners, inviting them over to classrooms and talk about, you know, what it is like over there. Unfortunately, there was not much that was available for us to just showcase to students or embedded in our classrooms, right? We needed industry experts to come and talk to them. So right. we started including some pieces of industry engagement um, at the same time before we even started talking about or thinking about. And that actually educated faculty members as well and ad administrators as well, you know, that there is there is need and there is demand out there. Right. Um, my dad was a programmer for IBM for decades and I'll never forget um, him coming home because uh, he had, I, I wanted nothing to do with computers when I was a kid in the late 70s, early 80s when I was in high school. And um, it just seemed, it was what my dad did. Like it seemed boring. I didn't, it didn't seem interesting to me at all. Um, took me more than a decade before I was like, hmm, this is pretty interesting. And ironically, gaming got me involved in it. Like it does a lot of people. But anyway, um, there was um, when, the, when the world, when industry began needing what we call IT people, back then they called them computer people, there, what you did was you converted the person who could fix the fax machine or the copier or whatever. They already sort of had a business mind. They, they really didn't think of themselves as computer hardware people or programmers or, um, but what we learned was they were problem solvers. They could solve puzzles. And they, um, there was a particular 
bent to them. A lot of people coming out of the military um, from a telecom background learned this, but there were no classes. There are no real programs. You sort of had your little experimental computer, whether it's a um, Radio Shack or a Mac or something at the high school. But it was like the nerds in the chess club did. Salute to all nerds in the chess club. But it was, you know, who probably own the world now. But anyway, they, you know, but within a few years, industry, first universities who were much more open-minded, then, um, um, then it began extending out where nobody's even going to go to a school if you don't have a program. I wonder if this, because this is such an important um, support mechanism, digital infrastructure, if you think uh, maybe not as, as dramatic as what happened in the early mid-80s with building out first very modest and then very um, detailed programs for computer, computer engineering, computer design, all the things that relate to the software, et cetera. Do you think that there's a possibility that something like the concentration track you're working on could evolve into even degree programs, not just a track, but certainly a significant emphasis um, more than a semester or two? Do you think that's a possibility? Hmm. That's a very interesting. Uh, we have not started thinking about that track yet, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know the process we followed, right? So I think uh, this can become an independent something one day. Um, uh, because we started again off, you know, uh, doing with uh, capstones and then course, uh, and then, you know, now it is concentration, hopefully, if everything goes right. well with it. Uh, and then the next step is an independent degree. So who knows where we uh, where we end up being next year at this time, uh, if there's so much demand, uh, uh, then it, it, it's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the ways that demand can be made is by, and I think you've already started doing this. I mean, you've got some significant partners in industry, tech firms, everybody knows their names, and probably data centers like um, my organization and others. But, you know, uh, top five, top eight, top 10 um, infrastructure organizations, do, do you invite them in to have an active conversation, not just to shape the program, but to actually in in engage in conversation with your prospective students uh, yes uh, all the time uh, and those who are left out we are finding ways to get to them uh, yeah. but uh, that's an important piece uh, as faculty members you know our job is usually to teach them concepts give them lab experiments um, invite you know industry speakers have seminars around and so on so uh, I would say uh, any university in this region, I would say uh, that cannot give a holistic view of what we teach without having the partner, industry partner in the room with us, whether it is about assessing curriculum, whether it is looking at courses, looking at labs, looking into, you know, what are the gaps there? So we are always constantly in touch with them. Uh, I think there could be also some of them, um, I, I'm trying to recall from a Memory now, I think uh, somebody from data center is actually going to be serving in one of the advisory board as well, mm -hmm. um, just so that they can advise us on, you know, what are the curriculum gaps are there or what what is what are we missing basically? Right. When when you get a guest to come in and speak to the students directly, what's their response? Are they interested? Are they indifferent? Are they really engaged? What is the what's the response like? Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, you know, I have done STEM outreach for many years. I would say maybe I think uh, 
10 or 12 years. And, uh, and I have done it for the engineering and computer science program, computing programs uh, at George Mason University. And one thing that uh, uh, if you ask a middle schooler or, or a kindergarten, you know, our, mm-hmm. our elementary school student, mm-hmm. uh, what you want to be or where you, what, what area interests you, mostly they just say either they want to be engineer or they want to be a medical doctor because these are two fields that they have seen. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's the, that's a mindset we take it, right. Uh, we do need to expose students as much as possible to these fields and uh, they do take it very, uh, very positively because they see their applications. Students are always mostly about, hey, what can I do to solve a problem? So we present actually data centers with that, you know, these are the challenges or this is, you know, this is where the, this is where um, they're looking to improve the infrastructure and then students roll up their sleeves and they're all excited about it and they want to now, you know, provide some input or provide some framework that could be used over there. And then, then that's where the discussion starts. That's where the students are excited. That's where the industry partner who brought that challenge to us is excited because now they're seeing, oh, this is a different way of looking at this problem. So, Right. Are you allowed to, I don't know if you are, so I'll just ask here, are you allowed to name any of those industry or technology partners that you either come and talk or work with you guys to uh, have a conversation with your students? Yeah, no. Uh, so the consultation that we are building is in partnership with uh, with Amazon. We relied oh, heavily nice. uh, on their advice to us, their input to us. Um, so it is actually they they were there with us uh, and helped us shape uh, the yeah. whole program. I mean, I guess they'll do. I mean, they're yeah. all right. They're pretty good size. Uh, you know, one of the cool things about somebody like Amazon, if you th- at least the way I think about it, they have. There are so when you know when you say it's kind of like saying a car, or or an automobile. Are you do you mean a truck? Do you mean a sedan? Do you mean a military? Do you mean you know a a sports? You know, there's so many things it can mean. And with somebody like Amazon, they are the you know they were the foundational group that built the cloud, the first private cloud, then public cloud, then federal cloud, and all you know all these securities. And there are a number of players, significant worthy technology competitors of theirs, but but they have so much experience in that space. They have experience building and open, uh, operating their own data centers. They have so much experience in e-commerce. They have uh, such a great position in uh, philosophy on sustainability. So while we're going out and we're developing these systems and these facilities, this is how we need to be good stewards in the environment. And we didn't set this question up. This sounds like I set it up, but we didn't set this question up. But um, I love that somebody like that, and hopefully more will join them to come in and engage and not just to cast the imagination of your students for like how it could help there. And, and I think they should start there like as a career, as a job, but also the influence. Um, you know, if you get involved in we're building this infrastructure, how do we do it in a way that makes sense for ourselves, our community and, you know, in our environment? And that's a that's a significant player that can help them think about things bigger than themselves. I think. Yeah, I think uh, what else Amazon brought was KSAs. They spelled it out uh, mm. for for us. Right? They said these are the knowledge, skills, and abilities that we would like to see in students applying for these jobs. So the data was on their fingertips when they came. Whereas when we have been uh, working with others, you know, they are interested mm-hmm. in in this concept, they want to support it. 
but uh, and I think that's where the engagement got tighter with them because uh, it was about going back and asking for clarifications. You know, what does this really mean to you? What kind of activities students can do to fulfill this requirement? And I think that that played a big role for us. Yeah, I I can see that. And I and what a what a goldmine for somebody like that with that kind of experience. I mean, it can be. Um, you know, I see where their interest would be. They need people, <laughs> you know, not just intelligent people that are capable of getting the technology done, but to have the right culture and the right philosophy um, and to persuade people. I, I think that's a that's a genius idea. I should make a note of it. We should do it ourselves. I love it. Um, when do you think the uh, the program is expected to launch? I know we're talking about it um it, it doesn't ex it doesn't I don't think it's published yet. You guys are working very hard to get it published soon. What's the time frame look like? Yeah, we uh, we expect it to be in catalog by uh, in the spring 2024. Okay. So by February we should have it in our course catalog. Uh, and then it is going to be introduced to students. Uh, students can register. Um, to these courses starting fall 2024. Um, okay. So spring semester is when they're going to start registering for these courses. Okay. One of the challenges is always how do you keep them fresh? Like how do you keep the content um, near to what they can expect in the real world? We don't, I, I can't, you know, industry moves much quicker than any government entity for sure. And not everything that maybe is the flavor today will be the flavor in six months. So you don't want to adjust a curriculum for something that's just going to not be relevant in 18 months. But how do you just your experience in general and um, in this program, how do you guys work to keep the program relevant, fresh and moving forward that, so that somebody uh, participating in something like this is pretty confident? Yeah, this is this is as accurate as any other program out there that a university is offering. Yeah, so upskilling, reskilling, we have an independent unit at university, continuing education uh, unit where um, they do offer uh, programs where students can just come in, participants can just come in and can upskill, reskill on it. And uh, that's one thing that might be, that might become an out, uh, you know, the long-term strategy of this as well, uh, mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, I think you mentioned about, hey, how about a degree, independent degree, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, one one more output or uh, long-term strategy that we have is, you know, offer smaller programs that, that participants just come in and can just either, you know, audit or or just sit and sit through or just take for upskilling and reskilling purposes. Um, so that that's that's the one that we would love to do with, with industry partners. So that because then they'd like to come in a cohort mm. uh, and then go through it in a cohort, uh, and that gives them the immersive experience as well uh, with their either colleagues or with colleagues from other uh, industry partners as well. Uh, and uh, rather than mixing them up with um, with students who are really doing it for the credits, you know, right. this is a different environment that they need to to feel like and have a different curriculum as well for them. I have three 20 something year old daughters, two of whom are in university. One is looking to graduate. I want to, I think she's fall <laughs> semester, uh, yeah, uh, spring semester, at the end of spring semester 2024. And 
one of the things that I have been asking her is, well, how is a university, she's at the New University of North Georgia, coming alongside over this last semester to direct her towards things that, you know, places that she may take her degree and uh, apply it? Um, do you do you envision if you don't have it already? Do you envision something like that? These are the these are the technology firms that we know, or these are the the people in industry that are related, whether they're part of the sponsors of this event or this program to keep it, uh, you know, evergreen and fresh or whatever. But when you come through this program, we want to introduce you to um, these firms. And let me tell you why my self interest for that is if there are two or three big things, big, big themes in the data center industry that we talk about all the time. Certainly the technology, how, how do we build them at speed, at scale, um, how, supply chain, all the things related to that. Uh, the second, the, uh, another big thing that we talk about is how are we good stewards in an environment, in a community? Um, just because infra or, uh, compute is growing how we use water, how we use power, how we impact the land that we're building on. How, it's our children that live in these neighborhoods. It's our grandkids. Like it, we, we don't always get good press like that, but that really is, for anybody who's going to be in this industry for any length of time and be successful, this is one of our key conversations that we have with our suppliers, with ourselves, with policymakers. But the third is, in order to do all of that, I have to have people. Smart people, like-minded people, uh, people that can join a mission and a purpose and an idea. We need people. And we're always talking about in our industry, how do we go find people? They can't, they, traditionally they look like me. M my gender, my ethnicity, my whatever, because 25 years ago we sort of wandered into this path. It can't look like that anymore. There's not enough of us and probably a good thing. We need a mix of all of these people and our common denominator is not going to be our ethnicity or our gender or our age. It's going to be we want to work for something, you know, that can change our lives and change our community's lives. So we're constantly talking about labor force and, and how do we attract and retain talent. And I'm just curious, when you imagine doing something like this, how do you see, if not fully evolved today, but one of the, thing, one of the ways it would be really attractive to me, and i got to imagine to your students, is how we direct them after graduation or through graduation to evaluate firms and join this uh, labor pool. Yeah, so early visibility is very important. I think what happens uh, traditionally, what has happened is uh, industry is going to come to uh, be just part of a career fair. Um, and uh, usually students who are attending career fairs are in third, third, uh, third year or fourth year because now they are looking to finding a job. It is too late when, you know, you have big companies uh, who have the brand established uh, versus uh, a newer field in itself, data center engineering, uh, plus a newer uh, name tag over there. It just doesn't, I mean, you know, I have been to career fairs where there are long lines for those companies, even though students may know that, hey, my, my resume is just going to get buried there because right. they have already collected 3,000 resumes. 
uh, versus, you know, where there's a potential, they are not even in the line there, mainly because they do not know about the company, they do not know about, you know, what the culture out there is, you know, what is, what do they do, you know, how do, so I think having more internships available to students so that they get to know a little bit more about, uh, you know, whether this is the right company to be in for, uh, for their full-time positions. So early visibility is very important uh, and not just being reactive to, hey, there's a career fair going and so let's go and set up a booth there, but, you know, participating in seminars, uh, you know, coming early on and having those, uh, well, you know, some kind of an outreach that could be done with students, either through capstone courses or just providing them projects or something like that, that really improves the visibility or the chances that, you know, now students are, um, ed academic advisors know about this company that is promoted. There are lots of ways to do it. And I think uh, one thing that we are doing uh, is, uh, you know, uh, st preparing students for tech prep, uh, uh, you know, uh, technical interviews as well. Mm. So working with companies about, you know, what kind of technical interviews um, uh, that they have conducted. Some of them are really, really, you know, uh, you know multi-days of right. those technical interviews, right? And so yeah. they need a different preparation that way. Company gets to engage with students. They're talking about, you know, what they're, so students have the confidence also that, yeah, I know, I understand, you know, I can right. go and I don't have to worry about it because I know, you know, right. what are the steps here? And this is this is a process that I have to follow. Uh, whereas again, if they, if they don't have that. So there are lots of ways that we are preparing our students um, to, um, to to engage with industry partners early on and uh, look for those opportunities, not only what is provided to them, but also be proactive and look for uh, some of those as well. I love those multi-day technical interviews, but only if I'm doing the interview, not going through the interview. It's way more fun to uh, ask the questions than get asked yeah. the questions. Um, what if we flipped it on its head? What if organizations like mine um, who are looking to solve a problem said to themselves, listening to this podcast and said, holy cow, I would love to get involved, not just at the obvious career fair, but I would love to be able to join the conversation to cast a vision. Honestly, we're, we're, we love our engineers. I mean, in, in some of my campuses, I need 50, 60% of the engineers in a state or in a metropolitan area to work on some of my projects. And, and not just at one time, but a, but a career doing that. We also need attorneys. We also need um, so many non-technical people. Like it's, it's like a, what people are shocked when they go on like an aircraft carrier. How many people that have nothing to do with taking off, landing, or flying airplanes are on that plane? Everybody from the cook to the cleaners, to the secretary, this entire organization. And one of the things I love about, I wasn't in the Navy, I was airborne infantry in the army. So um, um, patriotic enough to join the military, too dumb to know to do something other than jump out of airplanes, who does that? But anyway, one of the things they do really well in the Navy in particular is when you get a job, you might be working on a Navy nuke and you're in the nuclear plant, but you also might learn, you learn a station um, to your right and a station to your left that has nothing to do with energy. It might be other things. And as you go through these programs, not only are you rewarded for increasing your skill, 
But you might find, I like this better. I like being an architect or a designer more than I like turning a nut or bolt or vice versa. So if organizations like ours want to come and find a way to get engaged across a wide variety of things, whether it's helping keep content fresh or um, just showing up and conversing with students or whoever, how do they do it at George Mason? And, and what are some ideas you can give us to think about on how we might get more involved? No, Dave, uh, reach out to me. And uh, there's just so much um, here to do. Uh, actually, anywhere, any academic institute is going to welcome any input from uh, industry partners, whether it is, uh, again, whether it's a class visit, whether it is just setting up a day with us and coming to students and talk about what it is like working in data center, what kind of positions are there, uh, what is the what is the career trajectory looks like for them because they are these students are looking into hey where am I going to be in five years where I'm going to be ten years and so on right. and talking to them about that in various fields mm -hmm. uh, you know just as you said you need lawyers you need non technical skills as well um, you know I think that students are, are, are really want to know about all of this so. Uh, I am the front door opener, so feel free to reach out to me, and I will open the front door for you. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think you're at, you've answered sort of the, where I was going to go, uh, I guess, in my last question, which is if people, students or uh, parents or folks like us, and we'll make sure we include a link with this published podcast, what's the best way they can get in touch with you to uh, start a conversation? Yeah, I know I am uh, mostly on LinkedIn, so feel free to include my LinkedIn okay. um, information there. Um, they can reach out to me, Kami Singera, uh, and my email address. Uh, most likely you have it, but I'll just say it out, K-S-A-N-G-H-E-R at gme.edu, and I will welcome uh, all kinds of, you know, input. So um, just reach out to me. All right. Dr. Singera, what have we not talked about that we should have uh, before we wrap it up today? Anything? I think you covered all of it. Um, I think one thing um, that we did not talk about is um, pipeline um, mm. from high school. You know, what is what what are we doing over there in order to build the pipeline so students when they go to community yeah. college or they know what path to choose. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something uh, maybe we save it for for our next podcast or, uh, or uh, maybe something um, that okay. could be discussed with high schools as well. You know, what are they doing in order to generate that pipeline? I think that's a great idea. And I look forward to that conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Dave, for having me. My great pleasure. Hey, if you like the conversation, hit the thumbs up. And if you loved it, subscribe. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good day.